Legion FC is back for Season 5. Birmingham's very own professional soccer team kicks off its next home game on Sunday, April 30th at 4.30 p.m. at Protective Stadium versus the Hartford Athletic. To come to a game and support the team and its players from places like Ghana, Jamaica, Brazil, and all over the U.S. on their quest to win a championship, check out bhmlegion.com or at bhmlegion on social media or, of course, the Legion FC app to get tickets and for more information. Hammer down. Since it's Easter time, what did the Easter egg ask for at the hair salon? Uh Uh-huh. A new dye job. That's cute. (laughs) That's weak. (laughs) But it's cute. I changed my mind, as I always do. (laughs) So when we do it from now on, we're going to wait till it goes, then we'll, okay, so look. I'm just letting you know you you have done what I asked you to do. And you've done what, and I changed my motherfucking mind. Damn, every time. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, don't take it personal. You ain't did nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. I changed my mind. You know, women, we do that often. I. You know what? We do it. Sometimes I wonder either I'm a black woman or a white man. I wonder too now. Because you do change your mind, probably more than I do. So I'm kind of confused, too. (laughs) Dodgy Hendricks has a history of service to Birmingham's civic and business community. For eight years, she served as the District 4 Board of Education representative for Birmingham City Schools. Dodgy has worked for We Care Academy, a family business, for over 25 years. Through her service on the Birmingham Pledge Foundation, the Alabama Holocaust Education Center, and the Birmingham Zoo Board of Directors, Dodgy aligns experience, purpose, and passion with community engagement. I had no idea you were on the Birmingham Zoo Board. That is so exciting (laughs) because I love the zoo. Me too. Dodgy is an experienced professional and leader in driving community development initiatives. Professionally, she is the annual giving manager for the UAB Department of Advancement. She has experience in training, program development, and implementing major projects. Dodgy has managed a $500 million budget and more than 2,400 employees. Her career span includes leadership in corporate and nonprofit environments. Dodgy is an effective relationship builder, collaborating with community stakeholders and financial institutions to strategically implement social responsibility programs throughout the state of Alabama. A graduate of Leadership Birmingham, she is committed to empowering and encouraging students and young professionals in emerging communities. Dodgy obtained a BA in finance from Clark Atlanta University and an executive MBA from the University of Alabama. She is the proud mother of Noah Harville, a sophomore at Alabama A&M University. Dodgy, tell me a joke, please. I've got one. I've got one. What is the most important thing about Switzerland? 
I don't know, but the flag is a plus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got one. Okay. A biologist, a chemist, and a statistician are out hunting. Mm-hmm. The biologist shoots at a deer and misses it five feet to the left. Okay. The chemist shoots at the same deer mm-hmm. and misses it five feet to the right. Mm-hmm. The statistician shouts, we got him. Get it? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Dodgy, I always have a few questions okay. that I, I, I that are just standard. I want to start with what makes you so Birmingham? Ooh. And that bio is what what doesn't it say? Fill right. in the rest. What makes you so Birmingham? I am Birmingham to my toes. To your toes, girl. I am Birmingham to my toes. It's interesting because I was actually raised in Mountain Brook. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I attended Shades Valley High School and graduated from Shades Valley High School. But I am Birmingham to my toes. As soon as I graduated from college, moved out and experienced life across the country, um, I realized at some point, actually, my grandparents were getting elderly. And that's what made me move back home in 1999. Okay. When I moved home, I moved home with the knowledge of how gentrification as well as city and economic development changed in Atlanta, in my experience there. Mm. I was just about to purchase a home in Atlanta. I decided, because I would have had to have a roommate when I did the the funding, um, that I would need a roommate. Mm -hmm. And I decided I didn't want a roommate. So I let the deal go. Mm -hmm. I let that house go on Grant Park Street. They were offering it to me for $230,000. Now, five years before that, my father tried to buy a home over there for $30,000. Mm. Couldn't get any of my roommates or their families to think that we could live in this in this neighborhood yeah. as, as young girls. And we couldn't buy the house. Five years later, the homes over there were $230,000. And that was a love offering. I let the deal go when someone bought the house for $350,000 cash right the, the second I told them I didn't want it. That house is now worth $700,000. Unbelievable. Exactly. So when I moved home, Norwood, the housing stock mirrored Grant Park in Atlanta, but the houses were twice the size. And the same situation was was happening. You know, you could still purchase a home for less than $80,000 at that time. So I immediately decided not only to move home, but to move directly to Norwood. And I've been here and living in Norwood ever since for over 19 years. Let me tell you, when you moved to Norwood. Everybody thought I was crazy. Loony. Yes. I couldn't get a friend to listen to me. Me included. Absolutely. (laughs) And the next thing you know, you hear the whispers. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, here they come. By the time the whispers happen, it's already a it's done over. Deal. The, the, the deal done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Second question mm-hmm. that I ask everybody: Your favorite, fondest, first, or whatever memory mm-hmm. of us? Oh Lord! Now I got two because I couldn't de- decide. Right. The first you go one, first. yeah. The first one I have is anytime Biggie comes on, <laughs> and you and me are in the vicinity. In the vicinity, 
it's going down. We don't care if people dancing or not, whatever. Just that's our moment. Mm -hmm. And the second is just memories that you bring in. um, um, Elias and Shia. Elias and Shia by the house. Especially when I was grounded, like I would be grounded, mm-hmm. and you would come see me mm-hmm. because I couldn't go nowhere. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those are my those are my two. I, I've got to go back to that one. Yeah, uh, because my fondest memory is I was on punishment uh, <laughs> <laughs> a considerable uh, amount of my high school years, and my parents were my parents were on the same trip with they that punishment. Were, they were. And you lived close to church, so I was allowed and afforded the opportunity <laughs> to leave the house and take either the children to church or myself to church when yeah. I got a car. Yeah. And I could leave church and come with to your house <laughs> and still have some sense of a life right. before driving over the mountain to Mountain Brook. Right. So I, every time I left church, you already knew what was happening. Was you would going. meet me at the door. I'd have one twin on one side. You'd open the other door. We'd yep. Get a twin out of peace. Yep. And we would let them run across the yard and we would have our time to talk. Exactly. Because we were both on punishment. Yes, sir. Yes, <laughs> and sir. everybody else was gone somewhere else and doing their own thing. Absolutely. Um, the, the bio tells a good story. Mm-hmm. But fill in the blanks. Okay. With the jokes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we... But especially as it relates to growing up in Elias and Gay Nail's house mm-hmm. and the 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 Afrocentric and the you know the everything from I mean literally from the crack house to the White House, you know, um your your family is so rounded. Mm-hmm. What was that like growing up? Like, tell your story, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when you said, you know, what makes you Birmingham, I didn't think about that until you asked this question. But to be honest with you, my story really begins with my ancestors. Mm. My grandfather was one of 13 brothers and sisters. Okay. And all of my family members were extremely active in the civil rights movement. I think okay. that my service and my passion for service is at my core because of the way that I was raised. Yeah. My grand, my aunt Lola was the first black woman to be able to be eligible to vote really? um, and to be accepted as a member of the Social Security. She was one of the first black women to work for Social Security Administration. Um, wow. Her husband, my Uncle Joe, was the person that went down to Selma to save the people that came from up north. Um, the Caucasian folks that came down to help with the civil yeah. rights movement that got stuck and the buses got burned. Mm-hmm. He was one of the few people that was willing and had the intestinal fortitude to drive down and save them. Wow. Um, my grandfather was bombed as a business owner in his backyard by the Ku Klux Klan um, just for owning his own business and, be, and being vocal. So um, that's in the core of who I am. That is the core of my Birmingham. Yeah. Um, and, and all of our family members feel an extreme sense of pride, but also a sense of responsibility because of that rearing. Yeah. My cousins, all of us, are very, very active throughout the community. We don't say much, mm-hmm. but we have our footprint everywhere. Everywhere. Because at the end of the day, you know, service is the rent that we pay. 
mm. to live here. Yeah. Uh, and so we've got to find ways to give back avenues to make, you know, opportunities for others. I've been very blessed in my life, and I always feel it's very important to give back, yeah. to find ways to bridge barriers for others. Um, and that, like I said, that's that's who I am, and it really and truly it comes from the core of my family and my raising. Yeah. Uh, my father is extremely Afrocentric. Anyone that knows him, I call him Dashiki Day. Because <laughs> uh, my, my father would go anywhere and put on a Dashiki, um, right. whether it's a gala or he's going to the grocery store. That's so right. I, I, you know, I I appreciate. And I'm so grateful for both of them because they're very different. Um, and I find myself when I have, you know, my twins, my, I, I often say that my sister is almost 100 percent like my mom oh, okay. and my brother's almost 100 percent my dad. OK. And I'm kind of a hybrid. Yeah. Um, between the two. Uh-huh. I, I could I could be more like mom or more like dad. Yeah. But I appreciate all of the lessons and the values and the things that they taught us. But giving back and paying what is given to you, giving back to the God that has served us all has always been at the core of who we are. I have an interesting question for you, Just it, and it just really came to me. Um, your father was on the city council, and his love for his district and his city, and then there's... You know, there's always that other side, the side that didn't vote for you, the side that sure. criticizes and, and goes at you. Right. And and you ran for office. What? I know how I felt. Right, right. <laughs> how do you feel mm-hmm. in the fact that you give and you want to give the city so much, mm-hmm. but sometimes you got to take darts for it? Like I, I take them. I gives no fucks about it. You know what I'm saying? But how does that make you feel? And how does how has that always impacted mm-hmm. your family's output? Sure. You know, as with anything, you know, you you love your family. Yeah. So you know, I think that when my father lost, I think I took that actually harder mm-hmm. than I did when I personally lost. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, I love my dad. I'm a daddy's girl. Yeah. Um, but. At the end, and I know how much he gave. Mm-hmm. I know how hard he worked. I know how much he sacrificed. And that's the part I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the election, but mm-hmm. while you're there. Right. You're in office trying to serve mm-hmm. people who are trying to tear your ass up. How? Yeah. I, I have two things to say to that. Number one, what I realized um, after serving or during my service is that, you know, I could ask, I had 19 neighborhoods. I could go to each neighborhood and say, what are the top three things that you want out of Birmingham City Schools? That answer would differ from person to person, even within the same area. So Mm -hmm. in terms of trying to serve people, you know, we've got to know as a community what we want. We have to be strong in our conviction and ask for what we want. Um, But in terms of losing the election and having that hardship, you know, it's never fun to put your name out there. Mm -hmm. It's never fun to pay for all of those signs, to go in folks' yard, to have people contribute to you and believe in you. Mm -hmm. Um, And it may not work out. But I also will say this to um, people that are seeking running for office or anyone else. The truth is, at least for, I can't speak for city council or any other office, but I can speak for school board. Evolution evolves. 
evolution evolved in the eight years I was there from us getting XO boxes for the students to going one-to-one technology because we realized they need to be able to compete. Mm -hmm. So evolution evolves, and no one should believe that, um, you know, they have all of the answers. Mm -hmm. You know, at some point, I served my time. I'm grateful for the time I served. I'm immensely grateful for the people who believed in me uh, and the students that, you know, I still hold dear to this day. But holding an office doesn't make you have to be active. Mm-hmm. Holding an office doesn't make you have to be involved. That's right. Or make an impact in the society. So, mm-hmm. you know, at this point in my life, I'm finding other avenues mm. to create space for children without having to be elected. Yeah. It feels good yeah. to be able to do that um, and to pivot. But, you know, I'm very proud of the board members that were elected. I wish them well. I'm yeah. here for them if they need me. But at the end of the day, you know, education evolves. And I said that when I left the seat. You know, I don't think that this is something that people should stay in forever. Right. Because the ideas get stale. That's right. And your passions change. You know, my son graduated. I was blessed to have my son go all the way through Birmingham City Schools. But at the time that he graduated, it was easier. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, You're not big on social media, but any social media handles you want to put out there? You know I'm not. <laughs> I mean, they, uh, you that, won't find me. You on are going to react to me and Gabby with your with your jokes, and you'll post a, maybe a picture here. You guys there. bait me, but <laughs> I, I don't tweet. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I, I believe that you should be able to pick up the phone. If I text you twice <laughs> by the third text, if I text you thrice, we should be talking. Yeah. So I'm going to pick up the phone and call. But I'm a little old school as it relates to that. But no, I don't have any hands handles for you. So you, you can give me all the handles. How about that? <laughs> I know you got them. <laughs> At Alabama Power, there's nothing more important to us than our customers and the communities we serve. Alabama Power is more than your reliable source of electricity. We're committed to building the future of energy and providing innovative solutions to our customers. Alabama Power offers energy efficiency tips to help lower your bills, and the company supports agencies that offer bill assistance. Alabama Power initiates and supports efforts to grow the economy and elevate the state of Alabama. And yes, we are also your reliable source of electricity. Alabama Power is for a better Birmingham and a better Alabama. What is your favorite charity? (laughs) that's a difficult question because I raise funds for a lot of different organizations throughout the city. So don't get me me say it a different, let me say it a different way. Thank you. What is the charity that I'm so excited about that I brought you here to talk about? Oh, great. (laughs) If if I will be self-serving my favorite charity (laughs) today is the black brilliant girls collective. All right. First of all, Break the name down. Okay. As you tell about the collective. I got you. Well, to break the name down, I got to start with how we started. Yeah. Really and truly, this started with Tysley Williams, who you know, and I having a conversation as girlfriends right after Sandra Bland died. And we were having a personal conversation about what can we do? Why? What can we do that is positive? for young black women 
with all that's going on in society today? And how can we channel this heartache that we feel uh, internally and turn it into something positive? We started talking, brainstorming, and decided, why don't we start the first black, the first giving circle? Mm-hmm. We realized once we did our research, there are no giving circles in the state of Alabama. And so we said, let's start the first African-American-based giving circle. Um, and that's really where Black Brilliant Girl Collective came from. We said we want to create a, a space for young black, black brilliant girls like ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we looked back at our old lives and, and, and are grateful for the accomplishments that we've had. But goodness, how much did we have to learn and teach and encourage ourselves to get to where we individually are? Right. So we said, let's try to come up with a collective. Let's raise some money for scholarships for little girls to go to college. Not to go to any college, but their dream school. Mm-hmm. When we started talking, many of our friends, I've got friends from high school that you know that really wanted to go to Clark mm-hmm. or, or wanted to go to Spelman. Mm-hmm. And when it got down to it and the rubber hit the road, they couldn't afford it. And had to go in state. And had to go in state or choose another college. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't their dream school. Right. We wanted to create space for girls to be able to dream mm-hmm. and to actually reach and realize those dreams. So many of the, the students um, when working with Birmingham City Schools, there are two things I will say. Number one, people have a gross, they underestimate our children grotesquely. Our children can achieve, they can thrive, and they can strive if they just have the opportunity and the exposure to do it. I say all the time, kids ain't the problem the parents are, but Could be, <laughs> but, but let's add in the parents. Yeah. Because, you know, there there is some train of thought that parents could do more, and we know that. But what about those parents that are single moms working two jobs with four kids and the oldest has to come home and help everybody get ready for school and make sure everybody gets a bath and iron everybody's clothes and then do their homework? Mm -hmm. Those are the girls I'm talking about. Some of our parents are giving as much as they can. Mm -hmm. They don't have they have limited resources and they're working. When people say, you know, why are you not watching your kids? You know how many of our children's parents work two full-time jobs mm-hmm. just to keep, make ends meet. It's, it's funny. I'm sitting here thinking to myself our conversation with um, uh, Brother Walter and Ronnie and how mm-hmm. is there just so many different sides to all of this. But There are lots funny. of elements. Yeah. Crime. Yeah. You know, when people don't have opportunity or don't see economic opportunities, they make poor decisions. Mm-hmm. It's not an either or, it's both. But so favorite- how do we help? My favorite part, though, mm-hmm. and I do love the money, but it's the all of you that are donating mm-hmm. aren't just donating your time. Mm-hmm. This is the craziest mentoring circle I have ever seen Absolutely. for some young women. Please break that yes. part down. Yes. The collective. The collective. Yeah. So as we thought about it, we said, okay, we want to create this giving circle. It doesn't exist anywhere in the state. How do we get started? So we looked at other giving circles. We modeled those. We then said, hey, we've got to align ourselves with a 501c3 for legitimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought about it. Guess what? The Women's Foundation has the very first African-American CEO that they've ever had. 
Right. So it was perfect to align with Melody Bridgeforth and her organization with this project. Right. We started talking about it, and then we realized, hey, we're not lawyers. we got to figure out how to do the legal pieces of it. Um, and Jametta White, who was another daughter of Birmingham, joined us. So it was really Tysley, Jametta, and I for several years, for two years, mm-hmm. that worked on this and massaged it. And as we were thinking of it, we said, hey, we want it to be intergenerational. Because far be it from us in our 40s or 30s, I'm going to be in, on the 30s. Then. Right. But far be it from us to think that we're the best mentors. Right. When we had mentors. Right. Your mom is one of my mentors. Right. Margaret Jones. You know, so we said we need to have some of those people involved. Right. Because if we're going to create mentorship, we need to learn from the best. That's right. We also said we need to have younger people. Mm-hmm. Because people, children don't necessarily always resonate with me. Right. They see me as an older lady. Right. So we need some young people to show them, hey, this is what we did and we just did it five years ago. Yeah. So we literally called friends. We we didn't have a lot of concept because we hadn't even filled out the LLC or the paperwork at that point. But we picked a list. We created a list strategically and just called friends and said, hey, would you be willing to help with this collective? We just want to raise money for scholarships. We kept it very generic. Mm-hmm. What we were surprised to see was that so many people said yes immediately. Yeah. We, we sent it out to 50 people like a wedding reception, thinking that maybe 25 will say yeah. Right. Uh, especially when you're saying, give me $1,000 and I'll tell you later what it's about. Right. Uh, but we sent it out and everybody said yes. So this collective has, the, we have created space with this collective for girls to have a mentorship, almost a green book, yeah. for the lack of a better term. Uh, that's a of great way of VPs saying VPs of engineering, VPs of banks. Um, Meredith Lilly, who just got elected to be the first black representative in, in the Senate uh, with Warnock, is one of our members as a daughter of Birmingham. All of those resources we're pulling together so that if that child not only goes to school and gets into Spelman, how do you learn how to stay at Spelman? We'll be able to teach you, hey, you need to go talk to the RA and see if you can get a, a campus job. I think, and you know, um, this is born out of my participation with m- mentoring organizations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe in our 20s, those were resume builders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some t- like my dad... Our parents made us give. Absolutely. Right. And so we we really got in these organizations with the right sentiments mm-hmm. and intentions. What's those saying 20% do 80% of the work uh-huh. and all that? Uh-huh. But what I love about this this collective is I'm looking at the names and I'm like, this person is giving it you telling me this little girl. Can call Dodgy Hendricks. Right. You telling me this little girl can call Meredith Tracy Morant. Yeah, Tracy Morant. Like, that is the most incredible part part of of it. it. You know what I mean? The money, yes, we, we, you, without dollars, it don't make sense. Mm -hmm. But I just think that to know that a little, not a little girl, but a college age girl, Mm -hmm. young woman, can call some of the most powerful women in Birmingham as mentors. I just, I just, it makes me want to shout. Healthcare, entrepreneurship. Anything. Anything you anything. want to do. We've got some people that are there. And the interesting thing about bringing them together was that was a, a fantastic byproduct. Yeah. Once we got the list, we said, oh my gosh, this was not available for us. Yeah. Where would we 
be? Where would Dr. Monique Witherspoon be if she had a consortium of women when she was 18? Right. To avail themselves. Right. In such a manner. Right. You know, if you if you decided you wanted to be a doctor all of your life and you change your mind and decide you want to go into finance, we've got somebody that works for no a bank. No problem. It's no problem. Yeah. But creating that space and letting girls feel completely supported and creating the wraparound part of scholarship giving yeah. is the really attractive part to it. That's awesome. It is. Well, if you don't answer one of these questions I have... Mm-hmm. You have to make an additional donation, but they are all super easy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's okay. All right. Let's start off with the easy stuff. Mm. Alabama or Auburn? Roll, Roll tide. tide. Stop it. <laughs> Biggie or Tupac? Biggie. Stop it. <laughs> Not fair, though. They're totally different kinds of lyricists. Let me, let, right. me, let me say that differently. They're different, but Biggie is our favorite, of course. What about Michael Jackson or Prince? Ooh. Now you're getting all, see. Ooh. Mm-hmm. See, I have to throw a couple in there. Mm-hmm. I can't make it a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Michael Jackson is such a part of my childhood fabric. When I was on punishment, yeah. <laughs> I, I know every move to Thriller by heart and can do it right now. Uh, but Prince changed the game yeah. for, for the world. So it's not, that's not fair. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I'm going to say, I Michael, got a donation for the girls. You got one. I got this $50. A Michael ish. Yeah. That's as good as you're going to get. Michael ish. I have to, I have to get a little donation for my people. You got it. Birmingham Legion or Birmingham Stallions? Birmingham Legion. All right. Birmingham Barons or Bam- Birmingham Squadron? I'm not a baseball fan, so uh, Squadron, that's an easy one. <laughs> All right. Sloss Furnace mm-hmm. or Vulcan Park? Wow. <laughs> See, these are totally different dynamics. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Vulcan. Okay. McWayne Science Center mm-hmm. or Birmingham Zoo? Oh, that's so unfair. <laughs> I do STEM programming with my Lynx chapter, and I'm on the board of the zoo. I go with both. I love them both, but I'm going to have to say the Birmingham Zoo for the live animals and all of the fantastic things that we're doing. And I got to tell you, this past year is was my first time buying a membership. That's how much how geeked I am. Oh, about wonderful! The zoo. So, we're yeah. going to talk after this. All right, I'm going to have you give a donation. Say, say <laughs> less. Say less. Crossplex mm-hmm. or Legion Field. Mm, I'm a gray lady, historical kind of girl. All right. Mm -hmm. Protective stadium or legacy arena? They're different venues, right? Yeah. One is a football stadium and one has new addition. That's not fair. (laughs) That's why I'm throwing them out of here. Well, I just went to the new addition concert, so I'm going to have to go with the legacy arena. All right. Botanical gardens or railroad park? Railroad park. Because I need to go running. All right. Mm-hmm. Regents Park mm-hmm. or Rickwood Field? Again, I'm a historian. That's not fair. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to see Rickwood Field come back to its glory, of course. So I'm a Rickwood girl. All right. Say. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um, we have all made pretty decent decisions in our life when it's all said and done. But. 
if you could go back in time, mm-hmm. pick an age, mm-hmm. and give that dodgy some advice. Mm. What would it and be? They, yeah, and, and it's not, you know, I like to tell people, it's not about regret, you know, and it's not saying we regret anything. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, like, pick one, give a little piece of advice so that, Lest there be a young lady mm-hmm. listening at that age, or a parent that wants to pass along to that age. So I, I've got a good one. Okay, just popped up. Uh, when I first started working after I graduated from college, I got a job with GE Capital, mm-hmm. which at that time was one of the largest corporations in the world, and I had a very stressful job um, in a city with management that wasn't supportive necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I was young. And I applied for a position in another category, relocated to Atlanta from Cincinnati. And the manager that I had um, basically had given me a poor evaluation on purpose. Um, And that was, I didn't feel that was warranted. Mm -hmm. If I could go back and tell my younger self, pump your brakes, Mm. mind your tongue, I made a decision to tell that manager that, you know, she was the least effective manager that I worked for, Mm -hmm. not realizing that those things will follow you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, And so I would have played that. My 30-year-old self would have played that totally different than my 22-year-old self did. Um, It did not affect me negatively, Mm -hmm. but I did realize quickly Mm-hmm. that, you know, all things, especially in corporate America, you have to be very mindful of who you work for um, and who you belong to. And I don't mean your corporation. I mean the Lord. I know. You know, and yeah. so you've got to manage the God in you yeah. with the corporate in you. Uh, and that's what I would have told that younger Daji. By and far. the nigga in you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, If you weren't doing this mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not talking about like a, a a lateral shift like if you did not pursue this path mm-hmm. go back to that crossroads mm-hmm. way back mm-hmm. what what would you be doing you know what my favorite my uh-huh. favorite answer so far has been an actor Really? Yeah, like Anthony Hood came out of nowhere and was <laughs> like I wish I was an actor. I like Huh? <laughs> this one probably wouldn't surprise you. Okay. I really want to be a DJ. I've really always wanted to be a DJ. Are you serious? I've always wanted to be a DJ. I love it. You would be an awesome DJ. I have created my own rhymes over the years, <laughs> and I love music. Uh, Chris Coleman gets upset with me when I come near his station because he knows I'm going to possibly <laughs> request something and he doesn't take requests and we've been doing that dance for about right. 20 years <laughs> I just expect him to ignore me even though I think that OPP should be the very next song in rotation regardless of what's going on exactly yeah B. Brian has to deal with me uh, you know but in, in my spirit in my core I'm a DJ Daji how can people get information about or make contributions to the brilliant black girl. I want to say it right. Brilliant black Black girls collective. collective. Absolutely. If there are any people that would like to contribute, uh, we affectionately call ourselves the daughters of Birmingham, 
but we do accept contributions from you, Iva, who we consider the sons of Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, for Mother's Day, we may try to do something so that you, people can contribute for or in honor of their mothers, okay. those sons of Birmingham that are friends of ours. Uh, but you can go to wafaalabama.org, the Women's Foundation's actual website, and if you go there, you can click on Giving Circles. The information will pop up, and you can contribute right there. You can, And we set it up so that people don't have to make a specific commitment. They can commit <coughs> over time. You know, they can pay on a monthly basis, on a quarterly basis, annual or biannual basis. So if you just go to the Women's Foundation of Alabama's website, wfaalabama.org, then you will be able to go and immediately contribute to this fund. I love you. I love you more. I want to thank you all for listening. And as always, a huge shout out to Creed 63, I360 News, and UrbanHam.com. God bless. Hello, I'm Dr. Geraldine Agee, Miles College Provost and Senior Vice President of Academic Affairs. And I'm here to tell you that now is your time. Miles College is Birmingham's premier four-year HBCU. We offer intimate class sizes, accessible faculty, and a personalized career plan with you in mind. Whether it's your first time in college or you want to return and finish, please come experience Miles College and let us invest in your future.